Another whiskey, Ben? Sure thing, partner. To your good health. See? Isn't this a civilised way to start the pod? Sure is. Not too civilised, if you ask me. Can't we have a laid-back intro every now and again? Well, sure, but I mean... There's always a but. Why are we in this old-time saloon? Can't we have a laid-back intro in a saloon every now and again? But where's everyone else? This place is a ghost town. You can literally hear the tumbleweed outside. Those saloon doors are swinging back and forth. Even the oldie grandfather clock's about to strike 12. We never record at high noon. Another whiskey, Ben? I got a bad feeling about this. What are you boys planning on doing in there? Listen to me. We don't want to kill any of you. Any more of you. <laughs> I give you my word, but trust me, we will. Oh shit, they're here already. Who is? What are you going us into? Let's settle this once and for all, right? Just a tiny bounty on the podcast. I haven't had much luck at the Prestine Players poker table recently. Oh, God damn it, Teo. How'd they find us here? Must have left footsteps in the mud. Just relax. We'll both crouch down here under this table. They'll never see us. Then, when they come in, we'll take them out one by one. Real quiet. Sounds a tad optimistic. How about that wardrobe or the trapdoor? Good shout. I think you ain't nothing but a gutless yellow turd. And I'm giving you to the count of ten to come out here and prove I'm wrong. Don't worry. One, There's plenty of time two, to think of another three. plan. saved right not this time with our last breaths we need to say i'm not teo i'm ben and i'm not ben i'm teo and this is pixel Pixel vision Okay, so we're talking about Desperados 3. We are, Desperados 3. A game you finished, am I right? A game I did not finish. <laughs> what? I thought you did finish. That's why we took extra time to get to Yeah, today. I know. I know I had extra time on the deadline. You are kidding me. For listeners, we've rescheduled this podcast like three times, because each time, Taylor was like, I'm so close, I just need a little bit more time to get to the end. But alas... Here we are at the end. Only once, only once we were scheduled. <laughs> mm. It was casually more times than that. It was casually more times. We said we'd do it in the week and then we ended up scheduling it for the Sunday. And then on the Sunday we rescheduled for the Tuesday. So it's not too bad. So there's 16 chapters, which were, or not 16 chapters, that'd be mental. There's three chapters, 16 missions. Mm-hmm. Of those, how many did you? Yeah, so I've got two left. So I did 14 of them. Okay, cool, cool. I was really into the story by the end. Yeah, I was going to say, I think you got past most of the twists by then. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing the spoilers from you a little bit later on in the pod. But I'll give a monologue of it to give everyone an idea of what kind of game it is. Please do, please do. Uh, so yeah, it's Desperados 3, a real-time tactics game in the vein of Shadow Tactics, Blades of the Shogun, which is by the same company. 
also classic ones like Commandos and also the original Desperados, of course, which I never played, but I did have a demo of it when I was a nipper and I played the first mission over and over again. And it was one of those stupid demos where you had a kind of timer so you could only play for like half an hour so you couldn't actually get anything done. That's how I remember anyway. But anyway, yeah, this one, you play as a raggle-taggle band of... Well, they're not all bounty hunters, but certainly one of them is hunting a bounty for his own personal reasons, which we'll go into next. And the others, you pick up your gang as you go along the way. Top down, each of your people has a different set of skills, and each isometric level is filled with goons who have... Uh, very nice green cones where you can see exactly where they're seeing at any one time. And you have to use your team's skills to sneak around them, gag them, knife them, just generally actually quite bloodily disembowel them <laughs> um, throughout. <laughs> Hop on a Gatling gun maybe and watch the guards come out of the guard tower while you shoot them all down. The fun is in doing it as stealthily as you possibly can and quick loading and quick saving until you execute your plan exactly as you intended it. All right, taking some liberties with this monologue now. I swear it's getting longer and longer and longer. Sorry, that was really long, wasn't it's it? It's a two-way conversation, mate. You're meant to be a summary of the game, <laughs> not a solo podcast. All right, noted, noted. I'll try and keep it down a little bit. No, no, it was very thorough. It was very thorough, I'm sure. I wanted to come back at you in, at multiple points, especially when you were talking about getting the uh, the free demo of it as a kid. Yeah. Because I remember when pretty much all the games I had came on the front of a magazine on a CD <laughs> called like 3000 Free Games or whatever. Do you remember that? Those like magazines with the little discs that would come in? Yeah, for sure. So was this one of those? I, I tell you the truth, I don't actually think it was. I think it was a, a demo which came with another game. Could have been Commandos 2, perhaps. Well, most likely Commandos 2, but yeah, definitely a, a little demo that came with another game. So, like, when you went onto the installer, it would be like, tick this box to also install Desperado's demo. Oh, classic, yeah. I bet it was pretty clear. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The illusion of choice. <laughs> I never played any of the early Desperados either. They were called Desperados Wanted Dead or Alive, which was 2001. And then Desperados 2, Cooper's Revenge, which was 2006. Hell Dorado, my favourite. <laughs> Joke. 2007 and now almost like what 13 years later because this was june i think 2020 that desperados 3 came out it's been a long time waiting practically vaporware yeah probably the franchise no one even expected to come back because this game genre is is dead really isn't it real-time tactics like you've had XCOM and turn-based tactics had a massive resurgence if they ever fell off at all but real-time tactics like Apart from Shadow Tactics. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's dead. I would say just these guys have the monopoly on it. So by these guys, it's THQ Nordic, isn't it? Mm. Who do these? And me, me, me? Me, 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 yeah. Well, maybe just the two me's. <laughs> me, 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 me. Too much. Um, I think they've got the monopoly on it because they bought the Desperados franchise from Spellbound Entertainment in 2013 right at that stage they owned basically both the successful real-time tactics games and then they've just leisurely been putting them out and really if i'm totally honest they're borderline the same game reskinned oh yeah they are exactly the same game reskinned well not exactly the same no? i think that's a bit unfair 
but they are i mean if you've played shadow tactics blades of shogun in a way you have played this game yeah so the thing that makes it really cool is the combination of the skills between all your characters like that's what makes it such a satisfying puzzle because they do different combinations so like you won't have all your characters every level will you you might have like just one or two or three of them and like sometimes they'll take their weapons away and like put you in different contexts and it's all those variations that keep you thinking and keep it fresh yeah i mean let's talk about this for a second because (laughs) you would expect once the gang's together that there's no really good reason for them to not be together for any given mission (laughs) and some of them it's literally like oh these guys are going to the pub shall i stick around and help you with this quest yeah all right fine (laughs) that's the full extent of the premise others it gets even weirder there's one later on where one of your characters just falls asleep in the middle of the mission and you just have to carry her for the whole remainder of the mission uh you haven't got to that one maybe that's no i have i have i've done that level it's clear why she's asleep but agreed it's it's pretty thin i was thinking just wake her up wake her up she can walk but that is isabel yeah we'll talk about her her character though because she's my favorite by far yeah me too but there's lots of other examples where they ought to have come up with a good reason for someone not being there and they just didn't really bother. So you just start the mission and there's just two of your characters or something. Mm. Occasionally you'll get a cutscene where they're like, let's split up. But yeah, sometimes it's just the two of them. Or um, probably my favourite premise was uh, when there's no introduction to this at all. So you start the mission and clearly they've had a massive night out and they've lost all of their gear. (laughs) And Hector, the kind of the brute, your super strong person, wakes up in the bed with the mayor's wife outside of this cabin. No equipment. He's lost this massive bear trap, which he always keeps on his back, which is called Bianca. Yeah. And he's like, oh, where where are the others? I better go find them. And you find them sort of sleeping. Like one's on sleeping on top of a water tower, another one on a bench. One of them has been arrested. Yeah, at the scene of the crime where this safe has been taken and you have to rescue him. And for the whole mission, you don't have any of your weapons or anything. I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed that mission as well, but I thought the premise and the setup was just absurd it's so clear that they don't really care about framing a plausible scenario for why this is happening and like in fairness that was one of the things i rubbed up against in this game versus for instance shadow tactics blades of the shogun Mm. in future i'm just gonna say shadow tactics all right we can just assume that i'm following it with blades of the shogun it's another one of those stupid common names isn't it yeah exactly but in that game you're a ninja so it makes total sense that you'd be really stealthy you're like sneaking in through the pagodas and like the multi-levels of the towers and along the tops of like walls and stuff and like there's a lot of natural stealth built into that premise Mm -hmm. Whereas with this game, you're in the Wild West. It's the gunslinging Wild West. Like, literally... There ain't enough room in this town for the both of us. And people like ringing bells and like dueling in the street. What is this group of ragtag guys? This band of, of misfits suddenly deciding to be super stealthy for them.
<laughs> yeah, I, I thought exactly the same thing as you. It doesn't, as a skin for a stealth game, it just doesn't work. <laughs> they have um, changed the gameplay somewhat. In this game, if you choose to, I don't know why you would, but all of your characters have guns and you can use those guns as a, like an effective way through the mission if you're a difficult part. But for me, I never wanted to do that. Like I'd hardly use my guns once. Exactly the same. Yeah. When it gave me the chance to use a Gatling gun as kind of a part of the mission, you don't have to use it, but I did just because I thought it was fun. <laughs> it, it gives you an award if you don't use it. Though. Yeah, yeah, true. I've got a bone to pick with the award system as well, but maybe we'll do that later. But yeah, like you're totally right. The skin didn't work for a stealth game. So in that sense, it always felt a little bit off. Having said that, I thought it was a brilliant game, didn't you? Yeah, 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 I did. I did. I loved it in the same way that I love Shadow Tactics. I found it totally immersive, mm. super engaging, mainly because it's um, very cerebral. Mm. It's the kind of intellectually stimulating game that you don't get that often. Like, especially with, because in the RPG genre, it's a lot of like read, click, fight a battle, read, click, choose between some loot, fight a battle kind of thing. And that tends to be the more popular style of gaming now. You don't really have to think. It's not puzzle-based. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Whereas with this, it's essentially a graphically intensive puzzle. Yeah. They could easily just draw it out in black and white with grids and you'd have to plot a path through it. Yeah. <laughs> but that would be dull. Whereas instead, they've skinned it with this really colourful and quite comedic dressing. Yeah, for sure. And, and there really is, like, so many different ways you could solve each encounter and, and each level. And in that sense, it's not like something like Into the Breach or not less Exxon, but definitely Into the Breach, where it's almost chess-like in its complexity and puzzle solving. There is three or four right ways to get through this puzzle. There are loads and loads of ways to get through this puzzle, but it's just gently satisfying to work out the way that you want to solve it. Yeah, exactly. And the game doesn't rush you. It doesn't mm. push you. Like, straight up at the beginning, it says, a big part of this is quick saving and quick loading. We're not going to give you prizes for not saving or for, like, doing that to the bare minimum. And credit where credit's due, although the initial map loading time is a a little bit chunky once the game's running every time you quick load or quick save it's instantaneous absolutely seamless yeah which is obviously essential in a game where that's baked in but given the size of these maps as well because they're not small either i think the maps are bigger here than in shadow tactics as well because mm. sometimes they're almost overwhelmingly big like you're seeing view cones from off the screen and you're like having to scroll for ages to find where they're sort of overlap begins yeah. it's a bit like in chess actually because a key game mechanic is these viewing cones you can click on each enemy and see their viewing cone of where they're looking at any given time and it takes a certain amount of time and so if you time things right between people's viewing cones you can like nip between them unseen even if you're literally running straight in front of them kind of thing it's as if they're physically rotating their head 180 no peripheral vision whatsoever for these people and so as a result one of the things you need to do when you're killing someone or knocking them out depending on how you play the game is to choose a moment when they're not seen by another person because if they're seen by another person then obviously they're going to raise the alarm and sometimes you see a person you're like i want to knock them out they're covered by a viewing cone from someone else so you want to knock them out so then you look at them and they're covered by a viewing cone from someone else and it's a bit like a pawn chain in mm. chess where like you want to get the front one but you're never going to be able to get the front one until you've gone right back to the back of the pawn chain to undermine it from the back 
Yeah, that, that's a good analogy, actually, because it's like this person's looking at this person. So to take him out, I've got to take him out. And then this person's looking at this person. So I've got to take him out. And the way that they allow you to do that really slickly, exactly the same as Shadow Tactics, is that you can press spacebar and enter showdown mode. It was called something else in Shadow Tactics, but it's exactly the same, <laughs> where you can issue a bunch of commands all at once, like set up the position of all your characters queue up all their commands in pause and then hit enter and they'll all do it at the same time that makes you feel like an absolute genius doesn't it when one of those comes off (laughs) (laughs) yeah it does it does it's such a satisfying mechanic when you see it and i think the game gives you a little bit of leeway as well so it's almost like it knows that you're carrying that off so whereas normally a guard might detect something instantaneously if it's part of a showdown it's like they give you a slight like couple of seconds allowance on it do you reckon as well yeah definitely yeah which is good because we're nowhere near there yet but the very final mission 100% you need that leeway right I would say comparing this to Shadow Tactics again that there weren't as many of those moments where I felt like I needed to do that there were a few moments where I thought it was cool and fun to do it but not that many moments where I felt like I really, really needed to do it. Mm. So you started to talk about um, talents and abilities at the beginning. Mm. That's a good idea to approach that because that gives an overview of some of the mechanics and also introduces us to some of the characters because you start as John Cooper, don't you? You do, yeah. Should we go through them one by one and do like one character each? You start with Cooper. Yeah, all right. Oh, look at this. Bit of structure. <laughs> Bit of structure. It's exciting. <laughs> you start as John Cooper as a kid and you're with your dad and you really want a gun. You're like, oh, come on, Dad, give us a gun. Why can't I come with you? Just give me a gun. A gun, huh? And he's like, no, son. Well, you can throw a blade 15 paces into a tree. Then you've earned a gun, which is like clearly a rite of passage for a kid in the Wild West. I want to see you hit that tree from 15 paces. Then, responsibly, he says, now I'm just going to go and fight this bandit, but I'm just going to leave you alone by this tree, (laughs) surrounded by outlaws, while I do. That's good parenting. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's Liam Neeson-level parenting. And he disappears, leaves you there. (laughs) Taya only just getting that joke. He's laughing now. You just have to say, it's your mother. (laughs) She's been taken. What are you going to do? What I do best. <laughs> Go on, sorry. I'm, I'm derailing you. Leaves you at the tree and uh, obviously never comes back. It's sort of a variant on the like, my dad went to get some cigarettes and never came back. See you later, Johnny. There's a better reason for it in this instance. So you track down... I'm going to give an absolute blow by blow here. (laughs) You track down your dad and you realise he's been held, physically held, by this long coat. Now, a long coat is a type of baddie and they are... (laughs) This was just meant to be a character summary. (laughs) They're only able to be taken down by one specific character. So they're like the hard guys, basically. And your dad's being held by one of those and he's being taunted by a villain called Frank and he gets shot. So all of this is a roundabout, an extremely long-winded way of saying that the whole premise of the game is you're looking for revenge on Frank. Yeah. But Frank works for Duet, this other gold-digging villain. Slash owner of a private army, (laughs) which you kill. Yeah, exactly. But 
Character summary, John, he's basically your ninja straight up. He can run, he can climb up vines and stuff. He can throw knives at a distance, which loosely maps onto the throwing shuriken. He's got a, quite a quick assassination. So all characters can assassinate people, but they do it over different time frames, which can be critical. It's quite fast. Nothing else? Double pistols, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, of course. Pow, pow. Double pistols, yeah. Yeah, nice. So he's the first character you meet. And then the first main level, you're grown up and your train gets stopped by these DeVitt goons. And you meet this Dr. McCoy, who I wondered if they were trying to reference Dr. McCoy in Star Trek, because both of them are a little bit grumpy. I am Leonard McCoy, senior medical officer aboard the USS Enterprise. My name is McCoy. I'm a doctor. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a surgeon, not a psychiatrist. I'm a doctor, not an escalator. Spock, give me a hand. I'm a doctor, not an engineer. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. I am a doctor. When I peek, it's in the line of duty. Me, I'm a doctor. What sort of work? I'm a doctor. What am I, a doctor or a moon shuttle conductor? You keep saying that. Are you a doctor, aren't you? I don't know. I don't know, Teo, if they were or not. <laughs> All I know is that this is a voice of a sinister man. <laughs> He's so cold, McCoy. And certainly when I got up to, like the last time I saw him, he was just like ditching you for something else but sometimes he comes back well he's a straight up mercenary isn't he he does everything for money and they make that very explicit but there are mercenaries and then there are mercenaries like at one point one of the characters um someone's about to die anyway and he takes one look at him and decides he's about to die and then just walks off he doesn't just walk off he says damn fool, damn fool. <laughs> walks off doesn't even bother like trying to dress his wounds right he's just like nah he's got it and this is someone that like <laughs> that one of the characters really cares about and you're like wow that is cold so his skills uh he can um assassinate people in exactly the same way as cooper but for him it's just a syringe which he pokes into their neck from behind yeah so it takes a little bit longer it does yeah he has this ludicrous doctor's bag which you could throw and then when enemies like huh what's that and opens it and it just gasses them and knocks them out for a little bit he has a sniper rifle, which is ridiculously powerful, where he can just shoot people from long range um, and silently kill them. I never miss. I never miss, yeah. But they've all got catchphrases, by the way, which is a great part mm. of these kind of games. Definitely. Do doesn't it just remind you? Well, we'll get onto the Green Beret, because that's who the next character's of. But they all have unique dialogue for every mission, which I thought was such a classy touch like on the mission i mentioned earlier where they're all hung over they're like oh really do i have to do that now and like my head my head like stuff like that don't they yeah so yeah that's the doctor i might have missed one of his skills but that's all i can think of right now if he knocks out instead of punching them like all the others he uses chloroform <laughs> yeah cool and who have we got next as you're about to just take a swig of beer it's non-alcoholic i stress i don't drink when i'm on the job so <laughs> hector mendoza yeah, he's the Green Beret. He is the Green Beret. Okay, coming, coming over. I'm coming. Just leave it to me. That's easy. Consider it done. I always think of this kind of character as being like Lincoln from Prison Break. I don't know if you ever saw Prison Break, but hmm. basically in that, 
Michael, the main character, is like the scheming, super clever one, and he's got the map of the whole prison all over his body. And his brother, Link, is just like the prop they use to break shit. <laughs> like anytime they need someone to be violent, smash something, it's always Lincoln. So whenever there's like a tank character in something, I always think of like Lincoln smash, Lincoln grab. Look, whatever you got going on, fill me in. I'm in the dark here. Hector is very much that guy. He can run with two bodies on his shoulders. So once you've killed someone, you want to hide their body if you can. But obviously that takes some time and different characters do it in different ways. Some of them will like drag them along the floor. Others are able to actually pick them up and move with them. And this guy, yeah, no effort. Just throws them on his shoulder two at a time, runs into the bushes with them kind of thing. And he's also got a really good backstory, but I don't want to go into it too far because it's a spoiler later in the game. I don't think we're there yet. That's fair, that's fair. You did touch earlier on his bear trap that he calls Bianca. Yeah. Two points about this. (laughs) Yeah. One, (laughs) why the fuck has he named a bear trap? And why is it called Bianca, which seems to be the standard gaming name of a weapon? Because isn't that what, um, what's he called? That guy in Dragon Age, that like dwarf. Ooh. Begins with V. Oh, Oh, I'll have it in a second. Varys. No, that's the person from Game no, of Thrones. Varric. Nice. Is it Varric? Yeah, yeah. yeah Varric. Yeah, doesn't he call his crossbow Bianca as well? He does call his crossbow Bianca. Good spot. Good spot. She's not interested. But Bianca here is a sucker for drunk, dumb, and ugly. <laughs> Take a hint, human. The other characters take the piss out of Hector for carrying around a bear trap and for naming it Bianca. So it's like everyone on the devs team was like, this is such a stupid, like, mechanic. But then they thought, oh, we'll just give it a name and joke about it and it's fine. I'm not sure it is fine. (laughs) There must have been some other equivalent mechanic they could have utilised rather than a giant man-sized bear trap. (laughs) I'm not sure it is fine. That is a joke. Because, yeah, the ridiculous thing is that it's invisible to enemies. So nobody notices this massive bear trap until they were in its claws. Yeah, even if it's on, like, sand, grass, mud, snow, whatever environment. Full daylight, yeah. But it's a bit the same with McCoy's exploding suitcase, isn't it? Mm. Like, who the fuck has an exploding suitcase and why? <laughs> <laughs> It works. It's yeah, funny yeah, games. Yeah. No, it, it's it's very silly, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, sorry. So yeah, that's why I wanted to go back to Hector. Really, was to was to mention that that was worth it, and also that his way of killing people is with an axe to their face. So also quite brutal. Ah, uh, yeah. It takes the longest. He's the only one that can take out long coats as well because they're super strong. Otherwise, it takes two characters: one to stun, one to kill. Yeah. Yeah. Very good point. So yeah, then we got Kate. She is the spy from Commandos, or I can't remember what the woman's called from Shadow Tactics. Sassy Kate. Sassy Kate. But you find her at a wedding, which is not planning on marrying the guy. She's just there to like find some documents. You catch her just as her husband-to-be has a gun to her head, and then she she just grabs a gun off the wall and shoots the groom, and then you both escape together. And then you're kind of helping each other from then on. All these characters, bear in mind, you're seeing from quite a great distance, a bird's eye view. So it's not like they've gone into explicit detail with any of them. But you get the sense that if they had gone into explicit detail, she would be your classic gamer girl, wouldn't she? Character. Yeah, for sure. For sure. The runaway bride. I have to give him one thing. The dress is beautiful. I object this union. She's also a bit of the moral compass. 
I would say, of the characters. Like, Hector's got a little bit of a dark backstory kind of... Well, and we'll get into that later. Cooper is just, like, on a mission for revenge. I love the way that we're just laying the breadcrumbs with Hector. Yeah. Like, the listener's like, I hate this podcast. I just want to know what happens to fucking Hector. Uh, Cooper's just on a mission for revenge, and so she's always trying to, like, rein that in a little bit. McCoy, she's always like, come on, McCoy, lighten up a bit. You can't really be that bad. Yeah, it's true. And she's actually got a legitimate reason. So the villain, DeWitt, has tried to basically trick her dad into giving up their like ranch land haven't they her uncle is but yeah oh her uncle yeah so it's like land rights issue basically Mm. i mean one of many many sort of western tropes yeah 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 i didn't even understand that bit really the bit basically just sends this army to like get this scabby old ranch and you're like what why is this ranch being attacked by like this full-on troop anyway probably because they wanted it because he's got a gold mine hasn't he so probably because it's got like land with gold on or some shit like that gold oil probably some shit that's another example like the gold mining there's a mission with steam trains there's duels in the street there's cattle ranching (laughs) there will be blood exactly so there will be blood my straw reaches a starts to drink your milkshake I drink your milkshake I drink it up there's guys with ponchos not just guys with ponchos they are ponchos like there's long coats ponchos and gun people gun men and women yeah that's another character type I like this it's like through the course of charting each character we're learning about the game yeah it's good as well what have we learned about ponchos then <laughs> yeah. all we did there was say there's a character called a poncho which in the abstract <laughs> sounds mental it doesn't even really make sense <laughs> so we said about the long coats only hector could kill them before the ponchos they don't get distracted they're true professionals and the way you know they're professional is that they're wearing a sombrero and a poncho <laughs> They are wearing a sombrero as well. So they'll just look at it and be like, nah, don't have time to investigate that now kind of thing. They're all part of the same mariachi band. (laughs) I don't know what a mariachi band is. Well, you will have to listen to this pod. So, yeah, Kate, she can throw perfume vials, ridiculous, has unlimited perfume vials to uh, throw at enemies that sort of dazes them. Really useful, actually. She has a, a little silent derringer, which she can shoot people at close range. And then her most useful, and I would say ludicrously overpowered mechanic, <laughs> is that every mission she can pick up a disguise somewhere on the map. And by the end of it, it's like, ah, oh, unfortunately, I lost my disguise. But there's another one on the map. Oh my God, I'm so glad you mentioned that. Because the most annoying thing, obviously you expect to do it as part of every mission. But again, the effort they go to fit it in with the story, why she needs a new 
new disguise every fucking mission, even though it's the same disguise. The funniest one was in New Orleans, where she's like, let's just say I've got a little something to learn about poker, so I'm going to need another disguise. And you're like, no. I love that New Orleans level. Back alley jazz. Mm. She distracts people while wearing a disguise, doesn't she? Yeah, so you can get them to face a different direction for a limited amount of time and you hear some sort of basic flirting between Kate and whatever gun person she's distracting. I could do this all day. Yeah, they're like, I could do this all day. And uh, she's like, uh, why don't you uh, maybe later kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and she's also got a mechanic where she can like, use a beckon finger Mm. to like lure them away from their posts so if they're like guarding an entrance or something i should say you can only do this to gun men not gun women yeah i know a little bit of gender politics in the game that is it's funny that they make it that strict if i'd been them i probably at least would have like made a few easter egg gun women which you do allow flirting on because it's quite clear like when you flirt with the women they're like no nah, i'm not interested sorry like yeah and they click their fingers and this like heart disintegrates yeah it, like breaks in front of them but it would i didn't find it but it would have been cool if it had worked with a few of them but you know pff, whatever yeah i agree i agree it makes sense as a game mechanic like oh they've made it even more complicated that you can't distract all the people you can only distract the gun men not exactly. the gun women exactly. but at the same time it does feel a little bit 1990s doesn't it yeah it does and it is annoying when you're like oh this would be so easy if i could just distract that person and in fact on the last level i did i didn't even pick up my disguise because i thought i want to challenge myself and a few times they give you after the mission ends, they're like, don't pick up the disguise. It's a challenge. Yeah. Because every level has badges, three big badges and five or six small badges, like challenges for things you can do in the level. Mm. They don't appear until after you've already completed the level. But I really wanted to know what they were because I knew I wasn't going to be replaying the game. Like most people wouldn't. Just give me the challenges up front so that I've got like a nice little bonus to work towards. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so I think that the reason for that is they are aiming for longevity. They are hoping that by not knowing straight away, then you feel satisfied when you first unlock one because you didn't even know it was there. Mm. But you've done this cool thing, so you get awarded a badge for it, and it's like, sweet. And secondly, that once you complete that mission, then you're like, oh, well, I want to get those other two badges, so I'll go back and do them again. And a lot of the badges are contradictory. So, for instance, the maps are so big that sometimes you have to choose which approach you're going to take. Like, are you going to go on the left-hand side of the Mm. canyon or the right-hand side? Are you going to enter the base from the left or the right? It's usually left or right. Mm. Uh, (laughs) And as a result, some of the badges are like, you entered the base from the left or you nicked the cart. You know, maybe there's two ways to distract using fireworks or using a stampede of cattle. And you get a badge, whichever one you choose, you get a badge. But you can only ever get one badge in that mission because it's an either or so yeah but that's okay i did kind of have a little bit of fun trying to guess what the badges would be and work towards them and i was pleased when i managed to find them but i just wanted that like a slight little bit more structure because we said right at the beginning that it's super freeform the way you can do things 
you could go and kill everyone on the map like really loudly if you wanted to and it would be totally legitimate way to complete the map if you had enough ammunition because your guns have very finite ammunition yeah that's true. three or four bullets a piece but like you know like i played it like i didn't set off a single alarm during the level like if i set off an alarm that was my fail state and i just loaded did you do the same yeah yeah that's not bragging because that is just the status quo isn't it for the game yeah yeah that's not bragging at all one mission i had to set off the alarm um which i will go into actually now that i've mentioned it because it was my favorite moment for me of the game which is on the last level the one with the train and you only have kate and hector which is an interesting combination that you haven't had before and i didn't pick up the disguise and there's this one bit where it's the cattle that you mentioned the bit where you have to burn that down and i got hector into this really stupid position which i couldn't possibly get out of i kind of like jumped up onto a wall up onto a ledge down again got him into a bush thinking i could do something quick saved a load of times and then i was like oh no i'm, I'm just stuck here with hector yeah because it gives you a bit of a quick save history doesn't it i think it gives mm, you three, three quick yeah. save histories so if you do it too many times in the same spot you are buggered i had to take out maybe like eight or nine guards in a really small tight encode space just with kate without her disguise i probably spent two and a half hours <laughs> crunching yeah, this we're, we're learning now why you didn't finish the game crunching today. this bit yeah this is the main reason i didn't finish it but i did it eventually and that was the most satisfying bit for me getting out of a bad situation or making the most of a bad situation when it occurs is really satisfying usually it's that like a guard walks a direction you didn't expect them to and you like quickly grab them and you feel quite cool but this one it was yeah a longer form situation the punishment of setting the alarm off is basically that lots of people run out of their like bunkers or their barracks and stuff like that mm. which i actually think since we've mentioned it i actually think they did that a lot better in the original commandos games there was so much more stress involved when an alarm went off and like i guess because they were world war setting like the sound of troops like mm. their feet on the ground was so much more threatening and ominous whereas with this to be honest seeing some more ponchos come running wasn't exactly didn't really get my heartbeat raising get hector's shotgun out and literally i think there was one moment in the game where i think i managed to kill 12 people or something with one shotgun blast like it was absolutely ridiculous <laughs> yeah that is sweet well, that's what I mean. So the alarm going off, even though both of us seem to have played it as being like, that's the fail state, by which point you reload mm. where possible. It's actually not that punitive if you don't. There's just a couple more guards walking around yeah. and everyone's on a state of high alert for a couple of minutes, but that fades and you can easily just sit in a bush, wait out. Yeah, exactly. And with this one, I had to throw a perfume vial at one guard, kick another guard with Kate, run out of the bush with Hector to axe the long coat that was surveying the whole area. Then the alarm went off and like I had to kill everyone with a shotgun and then just like hightail it out of there and hide in another bush. But what I thought you were going to say is because that level with the train, I swear down, it's more regular than the London Underground. It is. Every like 15, 20 seconds, this train just plummets through. And yeah, because it's going through and it's going right through the middle of the map, you can use it so that when it's going past, you can obviously take advantage of it as a distraction because the guards on the other side of the track won't be able to see what you're doing. But also, if you lure someone onto the track, then it'll obviously just yeah. pummel into them, which is mental because one of the ways to stop the train is to put cattle on the tracks, which the train stops for. <laughs> but people, nah, straight through, plows them down. That's such a good point. I didn't even think of that. 
That's so true. And there's, you might as well say, there's loads of fun environmental ways that you can take people down. Very silly ones, like these giant boulders just all over the place, which you can push on. And then the other guards walk over and are like, how the hell did that happen? How the hell did that happen? <laughs> In one of the levels, <laughs> this boulder's at the top of a canyon and there's two guards stood watching it. Meanwhile, their mates, their other guards, are beneath this boulder and they're both just stood chatting to each other and one says to the other one, it's definitely going to go at some stage. And the other one's like, yeah, just a question of when, not if. No way. Yeah, seriously. And you're thinking like, well, if you know it's there, tell your mates to move. That's just knowingly silly though, isn't it? They give so much variety to those environmental kills. There's like mine carts, which you can push down on people. At one point, there's a big water wheel, which you sort of dislodge and it rolls all the way down a pier and like takes out three people. Oh, I missed the water wheel. That sounds good. You missed the water. You must have gone the other way. That's on. Um, the New Orleans level, the daytime one. Uh, okay, yeah, I must have gone the other way. One of the things you can do is, I think it's H highlights all of the interactables in the environment mm. and it toggles that highlighting on and off. Mm-hmm. And I think in some ways, one of the flaws with the game, and I recognise that this is somewhat ironic, given that in our last discussion, we were chatting about how silly it is that ledges that are climbable are like highlighted yellow or the texture of a wall is different and that kind of stuff. But... With this, I felt like if you don't highlight the interactables, it's often not very easy to see them at all. Like yeah. You just can't tell where they are. And as a result, I ended up just playing with everything permanently highlighted. Yeah. So I knew exactly where the enemies were, exactly where the interactables were, exactly where I could hide everything. And then, of course, you're getting this horrible overlay. I mean, it's not that bad. That makes it sound egregious. It's not horrendous, but it's like, given that they've done a beautiful job of the graphic design and of the artistry, it's a shame that I then play through it with these like garish outlines around everything that I can interact with. But anyway, that's an aside, because what I wanted to say was, I wish there was more environmental hazards that Mm. I could take advantage of. Yeah, same. Like it gave another little mini objective for the same reason that I wanted the badges. I also wanted more of those environmental kills to give me some structure into not the best way to do it, but the most fun way to do it. So I didn't just do it in the like simplest way that I could see. I wanted to have an extra little challenge for myself where the reward was, I suppose in this case, a nice animation with a interesting environmental hazard. Yeah. And a bunch of guys being like, I did not see that coming. What happened? Must have been an accident. Must be shadows in the wind. (laughs) All of this gets us to our final character, right? Yeah, I'm jealous you get to do her because she's definitely the best. She's so ridiculous. It's all right, we'll share it, we'll share it. No, 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 go, no, no, you do it, you do it. Well, I'll just do the soundtrack for her. She's the witch doctor, and her name is Isabel Moreau. No relation to the island of Dr. Moreau, which is an incredible H.G. Wells book. Hmm. I highly recommend. But it doesn't appear to be a reference, so I'm not quite sure why I've shoehorned a reference into it there, but there it is. (laughs) Yeah, she's a witch doctor. She's got crazy abilities. Absolutely insane abilities. Like, this has all been a realistic game, and then it's just magic. (laughs) Yeah, I actually laughed out loud when this happened, especially because initially they queue it up. So basically you meet Isabel and she's trapped in a cage 
And I should say, one of the funny things about all of these missions is that your characters haven't yet explored the levels, but they know exactly where everything is on the levels and where it will be in the future as well. They outline their plan in explicit detail right at the start about things they couldn't possibly know. The camera pans over to a building and then shows you what's inside it and then pans to another yeah. Room. yeah. But anyway, so she starts in a cage and she's like, hmm, okay, so there's a gunfight going on down by the river. I should go down there and see if I can help them out. In the meantime, I need to get the key for this cage, which is being held by that guy over there and all this kind of stuff. And then the guys who are guarding her cage say to one another, like, huh, better be careful. She could be one of those witch doctors. And the other one's like, ha, magic, whatever. Swamp witches. Like but they, they set it up. Swamp it, witches. The level before, the one with the where the safe's stolen, there's all this dialogue. People are like, it's swamp witches. I know it's them swamp witches. And so other people are like, there's no such thing as swamp witches. And you're thinking, ha, stupid guards. <laughs> yeah. But then you, you are the swamp witch. <laughs> Yeah, and she has this ability where she can, like, use a blow dart to link two people together to connect them telepathically. So anything you do to one of them, like, literally anything, if you distract them, then the other one will also be distracted. If you knock them out, the other one will be knocked out. And you can use that in really creative ways, and it is a lot of fun. So you can link them, and the other thing she's got is a distract tool where... She's got this little pet, which is a cat. Is it a cat or monkey or something? It is a cat, yeah. It looks like a Siamese cat. This is a mechanic that's also in Shadow Tactics, Mm. because in that, it is a monkey, I think, or something like that, owned by Takuma, the old wizened old man, who's like the sniper character of that game. Ah, yeah. Nice. Well remembered. But anyway, yeah, the other and main kind of ability that she's got is fucking mind control. (laughs) Just straight out there, like... Mind play, and she has this beam that like teleports to one of the guards, and they're like, okay. And they can walk in a ludicrous radius, the distance mm. that she can control them for. And she can control anyone, including the person you're after. So, for instance, in there's a mission, inevitably, this isn't really a spoiler, I guess, when you know that the villain is Do It. There's a mission when you're trying to get to Do It. You can fucking mind control Do It. <laughs> Literally, the, the arch villain, long coats. They require a little bit more cleverness in how you mind control them. You have to stun them first, but Mm. then you can still just do it. And as a result, you can literally walk across the whole map and interact with things. So you can set off some of those environmental traps that we talked about from a distance Mm. without anyone knowing it's you. And you might think that maybe she's a little bit weaker than the other characters to off-balance this extreme set of skills. Not at all. She's probably the most effective killing machine out of all of your people. She kills people so quickly. She can run super fast. She can swim. She can heal herself as much as you want because the penalty for doing the mind control is that you use, lose a bit of health. You can just heal yourself back up again straight away. So not even a penalty. Yeah, what is the point in that? That's a total flawed mechanic, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? It's like, oh yeah, we'll make it a little bit of a punishment so she can't do it too often, except she can heal herself as often as she likes <laughs> so i guess you can't do it and then get seen straight away you never get seen anyway yeah we're sounding cynical about it but she was so fun to play and the level you get her where you're rescuing all four of the other characters because she's the last one you get i just had so much fun with her that i just did the entire level just with her and to be honest quite a lot of the other levels i thought i don't actually need these guys anymore i could do it all with isabel hmm. don't worry sunshine it's all in the house so what's your plan right now? New Orleans. Well, guess we're headed the same way then. 
Then why don't you join us? I would love the company. Sure, why not? How about it, Sunshine? Do you mind my conscious? Keep your distance. <laughs> yeah, I do know what you mean. At the end of each map, you get a little sort of summary of how you've done. Actually, there's a really mm. cool graphic as well where it shows literally exactly what you did at different speeds. So you can sort of fast forward through it at 64 times the speed you played it. I don't know who would watch it in real time. <laughs> uh, it must be extremely dull. And most of the time I skipped it. But, you know, it's quite nice to sort of have a recap of how you've achieved the mission. But it also tells you the amount of time you spent with each character and in most levels, that's surprising even. Mm. Like you will spend a lot of time with each character, even when it doesn't feel like you are. It turns out actually, you know, you do need to combo your characters and you do rely on one another. But with Isabel, if she's on a mission, she was always way more time spent with her. Yeah, yeah. It's that link thing that makes it so satisfying because with the other characters, you've got to go into showdown mode to do those double kills. But with Isabel, she can just do it herself. You can actually tandem that. So... If you use Showdown and that, you can be taken out like the whole map mm. pretty much simultaneously. For sure. And you look for those moments as well, don't you? You look for places where you can take out four or five people at the same time just because. Yeah. And also, she's a she's a lovely woman. She's a great she is. character. She's really kind of, she's a charming she shaman. <laughs> nice. Did you blab that? <laughs> ch -ch 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 charming. <laughs> she is and she's and she's got her own little agenda and her own story her sort of i'm gonna say lover maybe or some sort of romantic connection what the marshal yeah the marshal marshal frank no that's marshal frank's the baddie wayne wayne wayne, wayne. yeah you're right my bad my bad wayne 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 i'll say wayne a lot and see if i can re-edit it wayne 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 marshal wayne marshal wayne marshal wayne most ineffective marshal ever you rescue this marshal wayne at one point he's got no weapons fine but he can't even use his fists you just walk walk around with him but he can't help you at all useless and also a lot of bravado there to show up to the main guy and be like come on i know you're a baddie i'm just gonna lead you away and the baddie's like no actually i'm just gonna kidnap you and you're like <laughs> oh yeah go on please come with me while we're on that you rescue wayne on um, a swamp level and by the time we got to the swamp level, there's already been so many different environments. Every other map, it was like the environment was changing and there was a new thing like yeah. mud tracks and stuff, like little mechanics. But really, it's just nice to look at different environments so often. They put so much effort into the art in this game, I feel. Yeah, to give you variety. Because let's be honest, when you think of a Wild West and you think of Deadwood or some show like that, which actually they reference, which that was quite a nice little reference. Mm. Yeah, when you think of that, you tend to think of the same environment. Actually, in fairness, another obvious game that we haven't yet mentioned but does this incredibly well is Red Dead Redemption series, yeah. which is obviously has a massive range of landscapes and is just phenomenally beautiful. I mean, that's, that's next level graphics. This isn't trying to rival that in any way, shape or form. But yeah, so it is possible to do Westerns and make them feel fresh every time. I agree with you. 
given that you've got 16 different missions here, and they've actually since released two expansions, or they've definitely released one, I'm not sure if they've released the other yet, they're managing to innovate every time, pretty much, and give you a fresh environment. Yeah. Although, I mean, we've said they do a lot of tropes and a lot of another perhaps less kinder way of saying that is they're using a lot of cliches. Yeah, the clearest one of those is there's this running joke of them having a plan. Every level, I would say, they have a little bit of dialogue, which is like, that's not according to the plan. Or like, what's your plan? You must have a plan this time. And it's like, what? what is this joke with a plan? Like, I can see that they've... You keep talking about a plan. We never had a plan. You didn't even bring a condom? No. No, I mean, that wasn't part of the plan. I can't believe you did this without consulting with me about it. Why are you talking about a plan? We've never discussed, like, any plan, but you keep saying we have a plan. I had, like, a general outline. <laughs> it's obviously they're trying to take it too far on purpose, but it sounds just like the characters are really stupid. <laughs> so you're never quite sure if it's done knowingly, is it in a silly way, or whether it's just bad. I'd like to think it is. Me too, me too. Because if it isn't, it is just really bad. And, like, in other ways... It's so good that I struggle to believe that they've not scripted it in a way that is knowingly mm. awful, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Like, if you saw this in a film, it would be a fuss. You'd think, this is the worst mishmash of spaghetti westerns. It's not referencing, it's ripping stuff off. Because it's doing it knowingly, because it's doing it with that sense of humour and its tongue and its cheek, mm. all that works. And, and that's fun to play. Yeah, agreed. Play. Well, I, I kind of feel like we're getting towards the end now. There are a few things that I didn't manage to get in when I should have done. But apart from that, should we get on to spoilers? Yeah, okay. Well, spoiler-wise, John Cooper obviously gets his big showdown with Frank. Yeah. But not only does he get it once, he gets it twice. In that classic, what is this, right? With anything, a film, a game, it happens all the time. When one character has spent the entire game or film trying to get to this other character, trying to kill them, like literally having their entire army try and kill them. But when they come face to face, they're like, let's just have a chat for a bit. And then you can just have a free shot at me if you want. I'll just stand in. You can, we can have a face to face duel or like another classic is like guns or knives. It's that sort of vibe. And you're thinking, why are you giving them a choice? What is this bravado? <laughs> Guns or knives. Yeah, that's good. Guns or knives. It's boy. harder now. You got to plan more. You got to prepare more. Guns or knives. Neither. Pick. I don't want to shoot with you, Harvey. Anything you say, Butch. Sundance, when we're done, if he's dead, you're welcome to stay. <clears throat> Listen, I don't mean to be a sore loser, but uh, when it's done, if I'm dead, kill him. Do you know what I mean, though? Like, yeah, yeah, And that yeah. happens here, and you, they have a duel, and lo and behold, fucking John gets shot, because he's an arrogant prick, and he's just tried to go against Frank and lost. I can't believe he loses that first shootout, though, could you? It's like, you literally haven't missed a shot the entire game, and this guy's about ten paces from you. What the hell happened, Cooper? And he's really old as well and this guy's old and he permanently has a cigarette glued to his mouth and is like coughing all over the shop <laughs> yeah so he's probably got various sort of cardiovascular issues as well because DeVitt is this young guy very rich clearly we said about all his gold mines but Frank's a bit annoyed that he's having to work for DeVitt at all but you know it's good money but he does reference like the old times or the old ways kind of thing do me the courtesy and look at me when I speak to you yeah I've just been thinking kind of tired of you, Vincent. 
Please, Frank. I really think you're too old for this kind of stuff. Yeah, maybe you're right. Too old to mingle with trash like you. You get a little bit of that when Cooper sees Frank for the first time on this long barge. And he just sort of strolls up nonchalantly to him and they're both looking out over onto the sea. And you're like, ah, honour amongst thieves a little bit. Well, I think that's a very generous reading. I was like, mate, you've just killed hundreds of people to get to this stage. Literally hundreds of people. Before he even goes into this showdown, he says to your team, you've got to wait here. That's a classic as well in this sort of thing. All your guys, you've been a really tight-knit team with, and you've got great banter with, you just say, no, you guys can't come anymore. This is my admission. i got to do this alone. And then his mate, looking out for him, Hector, is like, no, no, I can't let you go in there alone. And he just fucking shoots Hector. Just shoots him in the arm. It's like, dude, come on, man. He's your mate. And then, after all that, he still fucks it up. He still fucks the duel up. Unforgivable. Unforgivable. Not right, is it? At that point, as the puppet master, as the sort of god, you know, like omniscient sort of thing, overseeing it all, I thought, do you know what? If I didn't have to complete this game, I would not play as you anymore, John Cooper. You've fallen <laughs> out of grace with me. Yeah, so you shoot Hector, and the very next level, obviously, you've got to escape. Hector, very, very forgiving of the fact that Cooper's shot him. He's kind of just like... Ah, you know, he's got a lot on his plate. He's got a lot to think about. Don't judge him too hardly. Suspiciously mm. forgiving, you might Suspiciously think. Suspiciously forgiving. Why is that, Teo? Ding, 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 ding. Because you find out that in the intro when you're playing as young John Cooper and you make that shot and obviously you miss, you kill your father or miss and Frank kills your father. It's never exactly clear that, is it? No, it's not that clear, is it? But it kind of implies that you shoot your own father. Frank tells a long coat one of his goons to just get rid of you to like take you off the edge of the cliff basically and um throw you off and the long coat's like he's just a kid yeah and frank's like i'll kill you as well kind of thing if you don't do as i say so you pretend to do what you say but then the long coat's dialogue becomes hector's dialogue and you find out that that's their origin story so hector's kind of like your dad yeah which is nice yeah really nice uh, again, not entirely original. Like you've, I've definitely seen that sort of thing before, but it's, it still works. It's good. You don't see it coming, though, because up until that point, the goons are goons and the characters are characters and they never meet. It's true. But at this point, a goon becomes a character. So you think, oh, OK, yeah, nice, nice touch. So then perhaps the ultimate spoiler, since you haven't yet got this far either, do you want it, Teo, is the real question. Mm, oh, yeah. Spoil away. Of course I do. Of course I do. Always. <laughs> Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me. And all the girlies say I'm pretty fly for a white guy. So you go back to that very opening scene. You have the showdown with Frank. He's holed up in the chapel. This very same chapel where the scene you just described with your dad happens at the very beginning. Uh-huh. Frank comes out surrounded by like 20 guys and you have another duel with him but this time you've got to take down all of his goons simultaneously without any of them noticing at the same time that he has the duel with john so john and frank are squaring off huh i don't understand at all (laughs) basically they stand there facing each other john and frank like yeah it's a duel who's gonna draw first 
you know? Mm. And while they're saying that, surrounding them is like a big group of the goons, as you keep referring to them. Mm. they're all watching. And if any of your other characters, so John, you can't play as, he's like tied up in the duel. If any of your other characters get seen, then immediately all of the ring of guys shoot John. Mm. You lose. So what you have to do is sort of take away all of the stragglers from the group one by one. But when it gets to the final core, and I think there's probably about six to eight of them who are circling Frank and John, and they're all overlapping their view cones. You have to use all your character's skills in a showdown simultaneously to get every single one of them at the same time that John and Frank go face-to-face in the duel, and this time John shoots Frank. Which, to me, seems like a lot more pressure. I don't know why he manages to pull it off this time, because he failed last time. <laughs> now he's been shot and had to be like recover while fighting through loads more people to get back here. If anything, he's in a way worse state to be trying this. But somehow he pulls it off, and it is extraordinarily satisfying. Nice. That does sound satisfying. That does sound satisfying. Yeah, it's good. And then the, the old credits roll, and Frank does a classic, like... It's almost like a Che Guevara reference, actually, at the end. He says something like, be a man, pull the trigger, or something like that, when you've, because you obviously shoot him in the duel, but you don't kill him. Mm. You then you walk over to him. And I thought for a horrible moment that you were going to like raise your gun, like you do sometimes as the goody, and then be like, it's not worth it. You're not even worth my bullet, kind of thing. And if he'd have done that, I really would have been annoyed. But he didn't. He executed him through the head. So I was really happy. I was thrilled. Well, it doesn't surprise me that John Cooper did this, because this is a guy when he's eight years old, is flicking coins at horses and watching as they hoof men (laughs) into the ground. (laughs) You're a killing machine, John Cooper, from your very earliest days. Yeah, although, miraculously, none of those guys get brain damage. They just get briefly dazed and then stand back up again. They're getting hoofed all the time. The horse people, the hoofing kills them, doesn't no, it? No, no, no. Uh, I think when you're a kid at the very beginning, it seems to, uh, or it keeps them down anyway. I'm not even sure it does then, actually. But certainly later in the game, hoofing, as we're now calling it, just knocks people out. All the bulls that you can throw coins at definitely kill them as well, don't they? Yeah, the bulls do. There was one bull where I had a good pile of about three or four corpses just in front of it, because it's one really small circle. Oh, he went AWOL. He went crazy. So I'd hoofing the public. Do you remember? Mm. Oh, he was out there hoofing doctors, hoofing vicars. <laughs> he got in the gift shop, put a false moustache on, a little girl came and went, can I have a pencil top? Whee! <laughs> Hoofed mm. her out of the shop. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, my point was John Cooper, born to kill. John Cooper, born to kill. Nice. <laughs> it's a Bond movie title, is it? If it isn't, <laughs> then perhaps it should be. <laughs> As with Shadow Tactics, I was astonished at the times that they give you for the speed runs. So in addition to those little badges, they give you a sort of benchmark time to aim for. I mean, I don't think you are meant to aim for it, but if you're a true fanatic of this kind of game, Mm. and I've watched some players on YouTube do this, and it's incredible. Like, they must have spent so much time mapping, trying and failing, basically, to plot the movements of every single NPC on the map, that they can just sprint between the view cones. They're constantly using... The one that speedrunners always use is um, perfume, which shortens the view cone. It, like, momentarily blinds them. So they're constantly using that and just, like, sprinting and sprinting. It's insane when you see them do it. But for me, 
each map took about an hour and a half. Mm. Maybe not at the very beginning, obviously they're a lot shorter, but by the end it was a chunky hour and a half to two hours. Most maps, I'd say. Part of me wants to learn a bit more about speedrunning. Like, if you're a speedrunner, do you speedrun just one game? Or can you use your speedrunning skills on other games as well? Mm. Because to me, it seems like a really, really narrow set of skills for one particular game. A very specific set of skills. I can tell you I don't have money, but what I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I've acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, re- it really is. I can't think of anything much more specific than that. Yeah, it's true. I'm not sure is the answer to your question. I think they do do it with more than one game. Mm. And they have like sort of tournaments where they're like competing against each other. Because I've seen some of them claim that they've got the world record and then someone else beats it and claims that they've got it. Mm. Um, but then there's there's tiers of it. There's like honor ranks of honor as well. So like, are you allowed to use glitches in the map? Mm. Are you allowed to like force glitches in the map? Stuff like that like clipping i think it has a big question mark over it yeah the speed running in this game doesn't involve any of that clipping or anything it's literally just guys who are crazy knowledgeable about the map and have clearly got more time than sense yeah i mean i, I think it's incredible i just i'm surprised that it is such a thing but i guess that's the kind of thing that uh, video games do to you and <laughs> one of the reasons we love them so much <laughs> yeah so there we have it desperados three yeah enjoyed it a lot enjoyed it a lot i did that gets a um two thumbs up do we do thumbs up we haven't done thumbs up for a while we haven't no but i think early on we did say like pixel vision does give this game good two thumbs up (laughs) (laughs) oh man alive it's usually pretty clear if we've liked a game or not all right anyway uh what are we playing next ben we are playing I want to do, because John Cooper sounds a bit like Matthew McConaughey, I'm going to do my like. Come on. Okay. Okay. Uh. Oh. Paradise Killer. That didn't sound anything like nah. Matthew McConaughey, I'm afraid. But yeah, we're playing Paradise Killer. All right. Paradise Killer. We are, yeah. Critical darling of uh, last year. It's another sort of detective game. And when we played Obradin, you said, why aren't there more games like this? And we saw this game and it sounded kind of like it was in the same vein. So we're following through on our uh, love of that genre that doesn't really exist. I think we've actually played a good chunk of detective games. We like them. We like them here at Pixel Vision and we hope that you like them as well. Uh, Is that too cheesy? That's horribly (laughs) cheesy. Yeah, I feel like... Well, cut that. We'll cut that. We'll cut that. <laughs> Sometimes I get a bit too into the it's uh, a radio, radio persona. presenter zone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Terry here. I always put an American accent on whenever I do a voice, I've realised. Whenever I try and do a persona, it just naturally... I guess because when we're watching TV or film, we tend to be watching American characters and American personalities. But as a result, whenever I'm like, oh, I'm switching to actor mode, I'm never impersonating Benedict Cumberbatch. Do you know what I mean? It's always like... No. Someone with a low IQ and an American accent, it tends to be. <laughs> or, or likely lad from London Town. <laughs> That's Eddie Marzan, that is. <laughs> is it? 
man. That is the other one that people often do, though. They, they just go cockney as soon as they do an accent. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. Well, that's Americans when they're doing their impressions of actors because they watch a lot of British TV. So then they're like, oh, love, lovely bit of cup of tea or whatever. <laughs> Governor? Yeah. <laughs> lovely bit of cup of tea. <laughs> sound check check one two check one two i've got a uh, polish friend who's a sound engineer i've got a check one two check one two check one two <laughs> that's a good joke cheers mate that's a really good joke wow 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 meow 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 oh, i was gonna do that as well what with the meow as well oh well i wasn't gonna do the cat thing but oh, okay. the cat thing <laughs> I don't know, just fun to meow. You could do one too. <laughs> it's all right. You can have that one. Oh.